0: Here's what I know about whoever wins tonight. Okay, you got the Bengals and you got the Rams. Um, neither one of them were supposed to be there, but now they're, they're there. They're, when whoever wins, they're going to do the interview, and it typically will go something like this. They'll say, You know, we had a lot of doubters all season long. People, you know, just saying we couldn't do it, we didn't belong here, and all, but we believed. We believed that we could, and we kept just telling each other, we got this, we can keep going. Even though, even when it looked like we were out, and, and this is what they said, we still believe. They, they, not, they believed so much that they would talk themselves up and their teammates. It didn't matter what the surrounding situation was, that you're going to hear something like that, that we just, hey, we believed in one another. And when they said they believed in one another, it meant that they actually vocally encouraged one another in the good times and the bad times. Today, I want to talk about your words and how much they matter. I want to go after this. I remember playing uh, my football days, my glory days, in in middle school and in high school. (laughs) They were not very glorious, given my size. But I do remember you could tell how the game was going if you could hear how the other team was talking or how your team was talking to one another. I remember we played one team. We, were, we started to beat them really bad, and they only spoke Spanish. And so I didn't know what they were saying. I had no clue what they were saying, but I knew it wasn't good. And they were fighting, and they were yelling at each other, and I was like, we won. We've, we've won this game. Now, had we scored the touchdown? Had we actually ended the game in one? No, but because of their language and even their body language communicated that that they had lost the game. And you can see that when when you play sports. I had to watch my language as a quarterback when I would get sacked or, or run over, and then if I used the wrong language to my linemen getting on them or the wrong tone, guess what the linemen do in football when the quarterback... Is, is not a cool guy. When the quarterback's a jerk, they're like, well, there you go. Go have them. And I'm just getting cremated. So language. I'm going to talk about our words today. Talking about faith. And Jesus, as we saw in that verse, said your words matter. Words reveal the condition of your heart. Now, in studying for today, um, there's a lot of things I kind of want to teach and then I kind of want to preach. And I don't know where it's going to go because I'm going to talk about this invisible kingdom. Jesus would say things about the kingdom. He would pray, like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he would see, like, he went in front of Pilate, and he said, my, my kingdom uh, is not of this earth, it's, it's someplace else. And he would try to describe this kingdom, and as we, as, as we read about it and learn about it, we realize this is an invisible kingdom. It is, it is something that is eternal, nothing that we can necessarily fully see or touch or taste or smell with our senses. It's a spiritual thing. In many ways, Jesus describes it and says, this is more real than what you see and smell and touch and hear right in front of you, because this thing is real, and it's going to last for eternity. The things you do here matter there, and so he's trying to explain it. I found, to me, I want to explain some things about this invisible uh, kingdom that I'm like, wow, this is absolutely amazing, at the same time, almost seems crazy. Like, to the outside world, this is foolishness. For me, in many ways, I'm like, I have no clue what I'm even talking about here. Like, I'm going to talk about it. I believe it to be true, but I really feel so... unworthy to even talk about what's going on here. But as your pastor, I'm like, this is what we believe to be true. So, there's, these are, this is all throughout the New Testament and Old Testament, but there's some things that I found today. This is in Ephesians. We read about, we read about the armor of God last week, that is a spiritual battle. Well, here's one, it starts off in Ephesians chapter 1, 3, and 4. It says, All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So this is amazing to me. You have a relationship with Jesus, and Paul says you have everything you need in life. Now, as a Christian, I think that's great. Oh, yeah, I have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, but I live my life, and I'm like, I'm so lacking. I, why, I'm so striving, in the way I act and the way I talk as if I don't have access to this. You have access to it in this invisible realm. So he says, even before he made the world, even before he made you, God loved us and chose us. So you didn't. You you are an eternal being. I don't know exactly how his word. I don't believe that like you existed you know pre your existence but God knew that you were going to exist like before he created the world he knew you and chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes you are without you have a relationship with Jesus you are without fault and it's like this is amazing in the invisible realm you are already there now let's keep going it says for we are God's masterpiece in, in chapter two. So he's going on. You need to, a confidence boost this week? Read through Ephesians. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So not only did he know you, not, but he also there's works with your name on them. Like in the invisible world today, because you haven't actualized it. And, and completed it yet, there's something with your name on it for us to live out by faith. And he's trying to say, hey, he's planned these things a long time ago for you. You just got to bring it from the invisible to the visible. You, get, you have access to it. You just got to bring it from your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's bring heaven to earth. He says in, in Ephesians, again, in chapter 1, he says, when you believe, you are marked in him with a seal, a promised Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, Jesus' Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and the redemption of those who are in God's possession. So you it's a, it's a guarantee. Like, boom, it is done. It is sealed. Like, when you give your life to Christ, you don't have to worry. Like, am I, am I really saved? Am I really? Like, do I? no. You have the promised Holy Spirit living inside of you as a guarantee. God is with you. He's with you. This invisible God lives inside of you, and He's with you, and you have access to Him. Hebrews, skipping over to Hebrews, He says, By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. He spoke. He he said it. He used words... And it came to be that what we see did not come from anything that can be seen. When he spoke, the invisible became visible. Okay? There's so much more in Scripture that talks about bringing this invisible that we have access to, that we talk about, but we don't really if we really knew it, we would be accessing it more and more and more and more and more in our life. And so I want to bring more of that in today, and I want to start by using our, our words. Now, I'm going to be a little bit careful today because I've, this can get me in a lot of trouble theologically, Okay, and I probably will say something that I, I hope I don't have to backtrack. But if you take it out of context, especially without what I'm going to say, it, it can lead us in a in a in a really bad spot theologically. This is not naming and claiming. Okay, God's not a genie. He's not from Aladdin. Say, well, just name three wishes that you want, and I will make it happen. And we're going to bring the invisible to the visible because God's Santa Claus. All right. Um, no, that's going to be terrible theology that's going to lead you down a wrong path. I've also been a part of some, uh, some uh, where I've had to counsel people post this where they want someone to be healed. And, and, and I think that's a good thing to pray for. And, they, and then it didn't happen. But the leader, the church, looked at that person who prayed for the healing and Jesus said, you had too little of faith. If you had just a little bit of faith, you could have healed this boy. And that was used as oppression against the person who was praying for healing. It didn't happen. And the pastor said, well, you didn't have enough faith. It's obvious. God is maybe not always, he's not always going to answer in the way that we want or in the timing that we want. So if, if you're praying for something and you're believing today, um, it could be a lack of faith. I mean, Jesus said you had a lack of faith, but I'm, it's not this, it's really not that. Kind of where I'm, I'm headed more for today, because this is where I've been convicted, is like the Christians who say they believe this, but we are too afraid to even utter some of these things. We, we don't talk faith. We don't have a, a, a faith talk. Or if we do, it's very, very tiny. And, and um, Pauline, I, I, I like what you said. Earlier, you said it doesn't have to be a big faith, but it's just got to be genuine. Just even a le- genuine, some genuine faith who would really believe this, God's going to move some mountains in your life. But I think a lot of us, we, we just we don't even talk like this. And so that's what I want to go after today. I want to go after our conversations. I want to go after your secret conversations. The ones that, you know, here we're going to use churchy words and we're going to use faith talk. But when we go home in those private conversations, the ones that that no one necessarily hears, and what's coming out of our mouth. Jesus said, you don't have enough faith. I tell you, if you even had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, move from here to there. And this is, in a way, sometimes it is coming to actually sharing your faith, sharing the gospel with someone, and we're too afraid to do that too. I remember talking with a friend of mine one time about a, a conversation that I had with someone here in Los Alamos, we're, you know, working at the lab, meet some people, and then we start having faith conversations. And this gentleman, who had been a Christian for a lot longer than I had, decades, got kind of puzzled. He said, I cannot recount ever telling anyone about my faith. And I remember being in my 20s, and this guy's in his 50s. I'm like, how? How, how is this even, even possible? Like we're supposed to be bringing heaven to earth and we're not talking about our faith. I would challenge some of us to say that's why you see people turn into other religions. You see people buying some a rock or a crystal or worshiping a statue. And I don't, in a way, I don't blame them because the amount of supernatural Activity they see coming from Christians' life or the church's life is about the same as a rock. It's not. It's not doing anything. So I want a church. Now that we're all kind of like, oh great, I, I, we can all do better at this, okay? And there's there's hope to move forward. But I want to. I want a church that talks their faith. Like you think about. The, the, the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Read it. I'm not going to read it all. But you had Abraham where it said, Abraham, go to a place that I will show you. I'm, you know, if I'm in Abraham's shoes, I'm like, no, where are we going first? I got to tell my wife. I got to pack, like, tell me a little bit more so I know what to say. And it says, by faith, he went. Everybody say, by faith. Okay, that's going to be two words that you can use. By faith, I'm believing in whatever. And and, and in in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, "Um, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Like, at least I'm going to hope for something good, and I'm going to, by faith, start speaking these things out. Abraham, at some point, had to speak that out. It says, by faith, Moses had to go and lead the people out of Israel. He had, he had a stuttering problem. He had a disability, and God's like, you're go- even though you don't have it all together with your speech, you're going to use your dysfunction, you're going to use your speech, and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Use your words. And by faith, he went and he did that out. He didn't just think it and like, man, I really am going to pray about it and hope people will follow along. No, he did it, and he spoke it. By faith, David went after Goliath. Goliath came out at him with a, I mean, a giant. People were living in fear all around them. And David said to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and a spear and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of the heavens armies. Like, this is a spiritual battle. And he starts speaking. And then he, he has like this amazing, like he just calls a shot. Because he's like, you got a sword? I'm coming with God on my side. This is a spiritual battle. Not only that, I'm going to strike you down. I'm going to take your sword. I'm going to chop your head off. Like, he's just boom, 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 calling the shots. That's amazing. Declaring victory before it even happens. Praising before the victory is even won. Faith. Faith. When the the Israelites had the promised land, they got led out of Israel. Caleb and Joshua were called to go with 10 other spies. Go scout out the land. See what the promised land is like. Bring a report back. And it says when uh, they started to, to say, 10 of, the, 10 of them, 10 of them said, we can't do it. Caleb and Joshua said, we can. And in Numbers 13, we get this account. And Caleb, it says, tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He says, let's go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. He's speaking. By faith, they haven't conquered a thing, but by faith, he's speaking this out. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed, and we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The, the land we traveled to, through and explored, will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge. Huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and, that, and that's what they thought, too. I'm trying to show you the contrast of talk. This, this faith talk that you see people have and fear talk that we talk behind the scenes. Well, we're just going to get shut down again. We're going to, we're going to, um, there's a new wave that's going to come and everything's going to shut down or you, you get on your phone and the first thing you check is not the weather forecast, it's the news fear cast. What is the latest and greatest thing that we have to be afraid of today? And it sells. It's powerful. Fear is powerful. That's how the enemy, one of the enemy's strategies that we learned about last week is fear. It works. And, and we have fear talk. We have fear talk, not only when it comes to the outside world, but just our own fear of man. What are they going to say? If I share what God's saying on my heart, and if I, if I share what I feel like God's saying me to do and step up, but what are they going to say? I remember when I, I went to church on a Sunday, coming out of college, and I went to church, and I'm like, God had really changed my life. And I had my my phone had been blowing up from some of my college buddies. They said, Where were you at? And I was scared, but I it was as simple as I was at church. And so I told I said they, I called him up that Sunday afternoon. Where were you at? I said, church I was at I, I, I church church. They're like, You church, what are you doing at church? I hey, I believe this stuff now. Like God changed my life oh, okay, whatever, break, you know, and, and, and it kind of goes on, but I'm so afraid of what people are going to say or what they think, or how dare you believe something, that's so prideful that you would think God would bless you in that way and work in your life, and you just think you're all that, like, you know, people are going to bring, when you start speaking in faith, people who love you are going to say some things that try to push you down if God spoke to you, something like, no, there's no way he's going to do that. Or, or try to make you settle. Well, I know he might have said that, but it's probably kind of this. And we will settle. Fear talk. We're afraid of what people will say. Feeling talk. Feeling talk. We, we, feelings are real. Hey, Jesus, I, I, be, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Feelings are real, but they're not going to dictate how I live. But so many of us, we give in to feeling talk. Well, I'm just being real. I'm just, I'm just being real. Have you ever ran into I'm just being real person? You don't like it. You can just keep scrolling on. I'm just being real. Yeah, you're being really mean, and you got a path of destruction behind you, awake that people are just bruised and battered and beat up. Feeling talk, feeling talk. I'm, disrespect. You're not going to disrespect me like that. And, and it gets, You get disrespected, and it gets the feelings going. You, you're not going to talk to me like that. How dare you? This is, Reed and I, we were talking about this with our kids, okay? And, and this is kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail when it comes to feelings. When, when your kid says something to you and it feels disrespectful, it's like, well, you're not going to disrespect me in my house? Now, you know, if I said that when, when I was growing up, my dad would have just, you know, unloaded on me. Sorry, dad. But, you know, it's like we, we have this conversation in our head in a split-second reaction where we have like five things that are happening. All my son did was say, I don't like the toast, Dad. (laughs) All right, But in my head, I felt disrespected. And I'm I'm thinking, if I had said that at mealtime or something like that, this is what would have happened to me. And then so I'm unloading on a six-year-old about the toast. I got like five conversations going on in my head. I'm just reacting based off of feelings. And I had to calm myself down. He just doesn't like the toast. It's okay okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go off feel, feeling talk, bitter talk. Some of y'all are just angry and frustrated at nothing. Like we've been watching the Olympics now. And so what we now know how. We are like perfect judges on what a, a quad axle triple lutz should be, right? And we know exactly what the score needs to be. So we know how to judge those things. Or we go into dismiss? and we're like... You know what those kids who are going crazy right now in Smith's Need? They need some discipline from their parents. I mean, obviously, I know what's going on in their house. we, we find anything and everything, and we know this in our world because it's all over the place to be angry and bitter about. And we will let that rule our talk. We will let that rule what we post on social media. I can't stand Los Alamos. Lord, just give me anywhere but here. I don't want to be stuck here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm I'm right in your kitchen right now and and every time we say that, every day we wake up with that, guess what? you get what you say. You have more disdain for for Los Alamos that day. You have more bitterness towards work, I can't stand this place. And we talk bitter talk and and it actually starts to. Bring more bitterness and anger and frustration into our life. What if we had faith talk that said, you know what? I don't like it here, feelings, but God has me here for a purpose, for a reason, in this season. And whatever it is, whether it's three days, three hours, three weeks, three months, or 30 years. Oh, no, Jesus. If it's however long, I'm going to find it out and I'm going to live it out. That's faith talk over this, over this feeling talk. We have failure talk. This is just how it's always going to be. I mean, I, I've screwed up so much in my life. I mean, it's obviously I'm getting what I deserve now. Like, it was, I, it was too good to be true. And we have this failure talk. Oh, I guess that's just who I am. I'm a three on the Enneagram. That's just who I'm supposed to be. And, and we just stuff ourselves into a box as if God can't do anything beyond that. Or famine talk. These guys are like... Oh, that's the promised land, but we were so small. We were grasshoppers in their sight. There's there's nothing we can do beyond that. What if, what if, this is the question of today. So you want to take notes? Write this one down. What would happen if God says, you get what you've spoken? You spoke it, you get it. Now, a lot of us would be like, okay, I'm going to change my words, and I'm going to start speaking in faith talk, and none of this fear talk, and feeling talk, and bitterness talk. Like, if that's the case, I'm going to start speaking better. He's like, no, 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 no. It's already, you get what you have spoken. That's what happened in, in, with Caleb and Joshua and the Israelites. Yes, it's what they believed, but they also spoke it, and that's what they got. Caleb and Joshua got to enter into the promised land. 40 years later, all them other guys didn't make it in. You get what you've spoken. That's why Jesus emphasizes our words. Every idle word you speak will be held into account. It matters. It's important what we say. So, what would we get from this invisible realm? What would we get from the words that you have spoken? A fixed furnace? A good marriage, a house with a decent mortgage rate on it, what do we get? That's that's the present need, right? There's nothing wrong with praying for present needs. I'm not going to guilt you over present needs. But if it stops there, I'm wondering if your God's just the American dream. We all have present needs. You know, I want a house with a good mortgage rate. Okay, and that's a lot of money, too. So at the same time, like I get praying for present needs. But some of us are living in a house, or we are driving something that God didn't speak to us, and now we are stressed out about money, and it's caused havoc in our relationship with our marriage. We are in debt. And God's saying, I never called you to walk that path. That wasn't faith talk, that was flesh talk. That wasn't from the spirit. That was from me. Good news, you can start taking steps today in the spirit and moving forward in the direction, but it's going to take courage. It's going to, you're going to have to follow God obediently with what He's calling you to do. What would we get? What would we get? If God said you get what you say, a husband, a wife, let me caution you, be specific, (laughs) all right? Some of you don't want just a husband or a wife. I want to, you know what? It's going to be someone who cherishes me, who loves me, who is in the word, who believes, who, a man of God, who, who know, who's going to lead in this faith journey, that we don't have to drag in this faith journey. Be specific on the things that you're wanting and asking for. You get, you get what you say. In the message, it says, words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. We get to use words every day. Uh, simple illustration. I forgot to bring a table, but that's okay. I got two cups here. One of these... Is poison, if I drank the wrong one, you guys got to stop me. <laughs> one of these is meant to, to refresh and hydrate. And I, th- I wonder sometimes, like, it doesn't matter. How much I have of this, just even a little bit of this is going to do a lot of harm. Part of my heart is, as I've been thinking about this spiritual kingdom and Jesus is talking about, like our world spends so much time fighting and tearing each other apart. Like the human race, we are all one race. But for eternity, it's always been at war. And we get here, we, you and I, we're like, a, we're like a vapor, the Bible says. We get like 80 to 100 years, sometimes less, sometimes more. I did a funeral this week, and nothing like a funeral to where it really causes you to think about what is important right now. This, this sort of talk, this sort of thinking is a game changer. Like I'm, I'm, I don't have time, even though the feelings come in the real. I don't have time to go down this road of just delivering poison to other people. But quite honestly, you have to drink your own words. Which one? This one. Am I good? Ah, that's the right one. That's refreshing. That's hydrating. I want want a church that's faith talk, and I don't know what that is exactly for you, but in this season where we're talking about faith, I want you seeking God for what he wants you to do in this life. In the invisible realm, you have works with your name on it. You have every spiritual blessing at your resource and access to those things to make an eternal impact here on earth. So you never know what that one conversation will lead to or the doors that it will open. Here's what I'm praying for for Freedom Church as a church organizationally. I have things individually that I'm going for, but as a church body. So here's one that's a present need I, I'm praying for a, a worship leader, a worship pastor. I'm, I'm praying for somebody, though I'm trying to be specific, I'm praying because I love music, but at, and we have talented singers and musicians, it just takes a lot to lead and organize that whole thing. So I'm praying for God to, to bring somebody, I don't know who, it could be in this room, or somebody who we don't even, never even met yet, all right? I want them to be likable, humble, and talented. I think those are three key things. And I don't want just a worship leader. I want someone who's likable, humble, and talented. And you can be joining me in prayer for that. Now, that's a present need. And if we got that person, if that person came in, and I'm here a year from now, I'm like, God answered that prayer. I'm saying it out loud right now because by faith, I'm believing God can do it. When he does it, I can now have something to point back to. They can say, hey, record this moment. Hey, church, we prayed for this person. All right, but let me just stop there. If that's all we got in 2022 was a worship leader, but nothing of this bigger kingdom, I'm like, that's so short-sighted. What, is, what are we even doing as a church? Like, oh yeah, we got a worship leader. That's, we're bigger than that. The kingdom is bigger than that. We're called to go reach people. So from the very beginning, Freedom Church has always been about loving Los Alamos, one conversation at a time. And the vision has always been for this church, not every other church, this church is that we're going to be an outward-facing church, that we're going to try to reach Los Alamos. And here's what I know. If you reach Los Alamos, the, the large general population, if we were really able to reach this town, that would we would reach the lab. We're a lab town. If we reach the lab... We reach the world. Specifically, what I mean by that, people generally come here for two to three years. And then where do they go? All around the world. This is a global mission center. You could change, just in this town, you could change the narrative of the scientific community globally. Did you know that? I'm like, I'm for God and science. These two are not at war. But you often see them at war. We could change that narrative. It's so much bigger than just a worship leader. Someone blew my mind at the welcome party this last week because I was kind of sharing this vision. They kind of raised their hand. I said, What's going on? They said, Well, it's not just the science, it's like pretty much like all the government facilities too because we work in the DOE and they're in the Pentagon. And they're like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, even bigger than the science world. Like this place. This small body of believers has a world-changing mission. So to me, that is the vision, and by faith, I believe it can happen. Now, here's how do you know what is faith talk and what is flesh talk? And it's in the process, and I'll deal with this a whole other time, but I kind of want to give you a little bit of, of process here. Because if I'm honest... Well, I believe by faith that's what God has for our church in the direction that we're going. Guess what? When I have my times with God, and you have this too, he's like, well, there's a little bit too much of Mike wrapped up in there. Like, we're going to have to purify some of this. We're going to talk about testing your faith. We're going to talk about, in in the coming weeks, testing your faith, patient, because I want it to happen now. Abraham was promised a son, and it didn't it didn't happen until 25 years later. You gotta be careful about what you say while you're waiting. Don't cancel out your faith talk while you're waiting because God didn't answer things on your timeline. Many of those guys didn't even see what was fully promised in their lifetime. It happened the generation next. We might be setting the table. For the next generation. I believe by faith our next pastor is in that room. By faith. We're setting a foundation for them. Right now. Getting a word from God. This is the process. I got one up there that says seek it. I I used all S's. I'm so proud of this. (laughs) Seek God. God. Right, Seek that in, invisible kingdom. Seek my kingdom above all else, and it'll give you everything you need, not everything you want. Say it. That's where we are today. Say it. Say it. I'm believing God for what in 2022? We had the God can a couple weeks ago. Tell somebody this week. By faith, I'm believing God can do this. You know how you know someone's kind of like crazy or off or like super smart and a genius you want to know how you know it's when they start talking right heaven's going to know you're serious because you're going to start sharing some of these things by faith the enemy's going to know you're serious because oh my gosh they're starting to speak by faith now when daniel prayed When Daniel prayed, there was something activated in the invisible realm. Go read it in Daniel this week. I don't know the chapter, but the angel came to Daniel and said, When you prayed, we started. When you started speaking by faith, heaven moved. We're going to access that invisible realm. We're going to say it. But guess what? you got to put in some sweat. Almost every act of faith required some sort of action. Too. God delivered, but there was some perspiration, some sweat that you had to do. So for some of you today, hey, I'm praying for a good marriage. I, my, my marriage needs healing. And I believe by faith that can happen. But when church is over, you're going to book an appointment with that counselor. You've been trying, you've been like, no, well, don't know, I don't know. You know You're going to have to put some sweat behind it. You're going to have to work towards the thing that you're believing by faith God is going to bring into fruition. Put some sweat into it. Acting by faith. We talked about that last week. We're going to walk the talk. We're going to sit back. Because God's going to deliver. God's going to do the work. Obedience is my part. Outcome is his. Obedience is my part. Outcome is his. So I'm going to seek him. When he speaks to me, I'm going to say it, I'm going to tell people, I'm going to believe by faith, I'm going to go and walk it out, I'm going to watch him do his thing in his timing, and then I'm going to spread it, I'm going to duplicate that. You take that same formula, and you're going to bring that into your family, and I'm going to seek God out in my family, I'm going to say it, I'm 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 not going to tell my kid they're stupid anymore. I don't say that anyway. But I, I'm, gonna use, I'm not going to bring that talk into my family. I'm going to say, well, you're just, you're just like your mom. No, I'm not, not going to speak that way to them anymore. I'm going to speak faith over them. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to bring that into my work. I'm going to bring that into my finances. I'm going to spread that into other areas of my life. And I'm going to give God praise when he comes through on what he said he was going to do. This is the faith talk. This is the start. Because I'll be honest, I'm not, kind of, I'm not like this all the time. But in, in my heart of hearts, guys, it's like, Mike, you need to speak more and share this thing a little bit more. Let's stand as we kind of close out. I want to, I want to share this story because this spoke out to me. I forgot that this week was the anniversary of when I thought I was going to die. <laughs> if you don't know, last year... I went uh, a year ago, February 10th, I, w- I woke up in the middle of night, chest hurt, light pain, but it wasn't going away. So I said, oh, I'm gonna, I told Rita, it's like one o'clock in the morning. I think I'm gonna go to the ER because I, I don't know what's going on and just go get it checked out. I walk in and uh, they give me an EKG and with, with th- their eyes just light up. And within 15 minutes they say, Mr. Brake, you're having a heart attack and we're gonna airlift you to Santa Fe. We gotta get you in right now. So, I'm on the phone with Rita. They're like putting needles in me. I mean, it is going 150 miles an hour in my brain and all around. And I call Rita and I'm having my final conversations with her and I'm trying to tell her what to tell the boys. And I'm on an airplane or I'm on a helicopter. And I remember seeing Los Alamos, the lights of Los Alamos as I'm flying and I'm talking to Jesus and I'm crying and I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, Jesus, like I've tried to live this thing out as best I can. I don't want to die, but if this is it, man, I. All right. And he just said, "So a real moment." He's, I got it. I got it. And so I was speaking those three words throughout that whole time. I got it. That's all I needed. I was still scared. I I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I believe. Help me in all my fear. I believe and help me in all the uncertainty. I don't know how this is going to go, but I got it. Present need, I got it. Bigger picture, even if I had died, he still got it. He still got it. He still got it. And so I share that with you today. I don't know what you need, but he's speaking. He's a God who wants to be found. This reckless love like we were saying about earlier. He wants the God. If he's spoken to you, hold on to those words. Tell other people and go live it out. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.